Welcome to ADRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technologies ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program with support from the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service. Hi, this is Rich Myers with NCAT. In this episode, we feature a conversation with Kurt Millimackey, a Montana farmer and rancher who, with his family, raises crops and beef cattle on 10,000 acres of leased and deeded land in north-central Montana. Kurt talks about the profound changes the operation is making, including diversifying cash crops raised on the farm and adding cover crops to reduce the use of summer fallow. The interview was conducted in collaboration with Western Sayre, and Stacy Cleary of Western Sayre acted as this week's guest host. Al Kirky, a sustainable agriculture specialist with NCAT's ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program, introduces the conversation with some background on the Millimackie operation. Al also has an important invitation for listeners at the end of the conversation to the upcoming Soil Health Innovations Conference, cooperatively presented by NCAT, SARE, Montana State University, and USDA Rural Development. Let's listen. Thanks, Rich. Coming up in late March, ATRA is holding the Soil Health Innovations Conference in Bozeman, Montana. I'll have a few more details about that conference later in this podcast, but I'd like to share an example of what that conference will focus on. So let's take an audio tour of a Montana farm that is making big changes in how it raises thousands of acres of crops and hundreds of cattle all with the intent of improving soil health. Those changes include diversifying the cash crops raised on the farm and adding cover crops to limit the use of summer fall. This is no small task in Montana's dryland farming country where there's 12 to 14 inches of yearly precipitation and there's almost no rain from late June to Labor Day. Match that up with cold winters that can come early and leave late and it's all challenging, to say the least. Kurt Millimackie and his family raised crops and beef cattle on about 10,000 acres of leased and deeded ground in north-central Montana. It's a pretty spot that has mountains off in the distance in every direction. What was grown on that, that farm in the past looked a lot like almost every other Montana dry land small grain farm at the time, only spring wheat, winter wheat, and barley. Kurt raises a lot more now, including his neighbor's eyebrows. He's added winter canola, spring canola, oats, garbanzo beans, flax, and yellow peas, along with wheat and barley. And if that isn't enough to keep Kurt busy and the neighbors talking, he plants a cocktail mix of 10 to 12 cover crops on land that would otherwise be left fallow for about a year before the next cash crop is planted. The Millimackie farm landscape is changing because of the transformation in how Kurt thought about raising crops and cattle. His interest in cover crops was spurred by a major change that he had to make in his cattle operation. He realized he couldn't sustain calving in February and March after his brother left the farm. He shifted the calving cycle to May and June when cows and newborn calves wouldn't be stressed as much, and it would be much less work for his family. After attending 
uh, ranching for profit workshop and then watching North Dakota farmer Gabe Brown's cover crops and cattle stories on YouTube, Kurt decided that cover crops were worth a try. His cattle now graze on warm season plants in that cover crop mix, corn and sunflower in particular, crops that would rarely reach maturity in this part of central Montana. The cattle also graze crop, cash crop residues and stockpiled grass, all of which allow the cattle to be on pasture much longer. This literally paid off in a recent hard winter when other cattle ranchers had to feed up to 6,000 pounds of hay per cow, 50% more hay than in a normal winter. At the same time, Kurt's cattle only required 1,400 pounds of hay per cow over that rough winter. Almost all the elements of the Millimackie farm now come closer to mimicking nature. The soils are under continuous cover and are being fed by cover crop residues between harvesting and planting cash crops. The cattle move through a system of paddocks. They move on after they've eaten the top third of all the plants in the paddock, including the weeds. And they provide fertilizer as they move along. The landscape has more plant species on it than at any time since it was native prairie. This is good for the soil, and it provides financial assurance and flexibility for Kurt that a monoculture of wheat and barley just can't do. So let's listen in on some of Kurt's thoughts about adding cover crops and diversifying his farm. Kurt's talk is part of a larger interview conducted by the Western SARE Program Communications Director in collaboration with ATRA. Hello, I'm Stacy Clary, Communications Manager with the Western SARE Program. I'm happy today to be guest hosting ATRA's Voices from the Field podcast. Today's guest is Kurt Millimacki, Manager of Millimacki Farm. Kurt is a third-generation farmer in Stanford, Montana. The farm grows a variety of crops, mainly winter wheat. He and his wife operate a cow-calf operation on rangeland leased from the family farm operation. Kurt, welcome, and thank you for talking with me today. Thanks. Good to be here. Kurt, what originally got you interested in raising cover crops? Well, at first we got going with the NRCS doing some trial plots uh, with them. And, and then when we started to see uh, YouTube videos of how Gabe Brown in North Dakota was using cover crops on his place is when we really kind of started to take an interest in trying to figure out how to best uh, – fit them into our our farming uh, system here and so that's what mm -hmm. kind of got us us going on them great and how long ago was that that was about um, six or seven years ago is when we started with the plots but we've been doing cover crops on our own um, not through the NRCS for about four years now okay great and can you tell us what cover crops are you raising they're uh, what we call cocktail mixes, so there's usually 10 to 12 different species in, in our mix that we're seeding at one time, and they're mostly, um, the, the purpose of them is for grazing and then to add diversity into our cropping system. So we like to have warm and cool season grasses and warm and cool season broadleaf, broadleafs in our um, 
crop rotation, but in our um, cooler environment, we're not able to grow some of our warm, the warm seasons for cash crops. And so we, we grow those in our cover crop mixes. So things like, uh, you know, corn or sunflowers um, or things that we would have to have additional equipment for like those, we'll put those in our cover crops, but they're mostly to fill that void of the, the warm season uh, grasses and, and broadleaves. But we try to, to graze them if we can. And, um, and, and most of the time we're able to, and then extend our grazing season that way. Okay, wonderful. And, and as they've been grazing the cover crops, have you noticed any changes in the cattle, such as daily weight gain or meat grade? Uh, we haven't noticed anything or kept track of that as far as weight gain, but the cows always, you know, they do look better after they come off of them, so we assume that they are gaining weight, and then usually the oil seeds that they eat, whether uh, flax or safflower or um, sunflowers, it really shines them up and makes a makes them look a lot better and and so that's uh we they always do do quite well on on the cover crops oh, that's that's good to hear and you've been able to extend your grazing time um by using the cover crops as a forage yeah it it kind of depends on how many acres we have in and and how well they do you know we had a year in 2017 where they didn't do that well because we had a drought and so we didn't get to graze those cover crops as much but uh we're looking forward to this fall in 2019 we've had a a pretty good moisture year and so the cover crops look like we'll get even though we have a lot of less acres of them in this year we get quite a few grazing out of the acres that we do have okay so it's looking good for this year yes <laughs> great great so it sounds like overall it's been working pretty well, but have there been um, any specific challenges that you've encountered in planting the cover crops? For example, has stand establishment been an issue? No, we've usually had pretty good um, stands starting out, um, but the major thing, I guess, is when we've seeded them, you know, we'll seed those warm season covers. When it finally warms up here, it's the end of May or first part of June before we seed them and sometimes we'll have years when it doesn't rain past the middle of June and so th that's probably our, been our biggest uh, you know hurdle as far as that but we've and weeds haven't really been a, an issue too much uh, you know because we've usually done a, a pre-plant spray or two before we seed our cover crop mixes so that that really hasn't been an issue but I would say moisture and then we're still probably seeing a compaction layer um, from when we used to do tillage years ago where the roots mm -hmm. will grow down good and that'll start off good and then when they hit that hard pan then the roots will go sideways instead of continuing down and I think that's part of why we if we see the rain stop and our cover crops just kind of uh, you know don't do as well as they could is because we just it'll take us a few years but um, you know, they hit that hard pan, and then instead of going uh, the roots going deeper, they they tend to to just kind of go horizontal. Got it. If that makes sense. <laughs> and so, how do you terminate your cover crops? We usually let them uh, freeze kill in the or winter kill in the in the fall, mm -hmm. and then uh, then the fall anything that overwinters, then we uh, chemically 
terminate in the, the following spring. So, so between freezing out the cattle grazing them and then uh, terminating the next spring, then that usually takes care of them. And I guess, you know, just do you have any advice for um, other dryland grain farmers who are considering adding cover crops to their rotation, you know, based on what your experience has been so far? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, just if you're skeptical of it, to uh, to just try try some uh, small, you know, 160 acres or something that you're willing to, to live with and, and just try it and either try one mm -hmm. after after a cash crop or uh, if that's a possibility or or try a, a full season that's what most of ours have been is you know we put them in kind of the beginning of June there and then they go the whole the whole summer like that but um you know I think just it's just one of those things you got to try and not do um you try more than once I don't I talk about uh farmer research where guys will try it once and if it doesn't work they say oh that doesn't work and they never try it again and and then when they do try and it works then they do it you know for the next 50 years the same way but uh, you know you got to kind of try it uh, try it in a good year and a, in a wet year and a and in a dry year and see kind of what it what it does so uh, got to try it more than one year in a row I think so mm -hmm. important well, that's some very good advice. Um, so thank you for that, and um, thank you for taking the time today to sit down and, and talk with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Kurt is one of many farmers who are making soil health the foundation of their farm success. You can learn a lot more about the principles, practices, and policies that build soil health at the March 30, 2020 Soil Health Innovations Conference which will be held at Montana State University in Bozeman. You'll hear farmers and ranchers from around the country tell their stories on achieving soil health profitably, along with the perspectives of scientists, private companies, and other experts. Some of the topics that will be covered at the conference include the connection between soil health and water management, building healthy soils on a large scale, regenerative grazing practices, and new markets for soil carbon sequestration. Go to soilinnovations.ncat.org for more information on the conference and how to register. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to ATRA, Voices from the Field. Depending on the platform you're listening on, be sure to rate us and leave a review or comment. For more information on this topic, you can get in touch with Al Kirky directly via email at akirky at incat.org. That's A-K-U-R-K-I at N-C-A-T dot org. And please call ATRA with any and all of your sustainable agriculture questions at 800-346-9140 or email us at askanag at incat.org. That's A-S-K-A-N-A-G at ncat.org. Our two dozen specialists can help you with a vast array of topics, everything from farm planning to pest management, from produce to livestock and soils to aquaculture. You can get in touch with them and find our other extensive and free sustainable agriculture publications, webinars, videos, podcasts, and other resources at ATRA's website, www.atra.org. 
www.intra.incat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org. We'll catch you next week, and until then, keep on farming.